chapter 3, Acts chapter 3, and verse 2. You can remain seated. Acts chapter 3 and verse 2. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. May God bless the reading of his word today. Acts chapter 3 and verse 2. If you have your pen, if you mark in your Bible, some people do not. Um, I need to so I can remember things. But if you have your pen, I want you to underline some things that we're going to see today. And the first thing I want you to underline is man. The second thing is lame. The third thing is from birth. Fourth thing was being carried. The fifth thing being laid daily at the gate of the temple. And then the sixth thing is beautiful gate. Seventh thing, asking alms. We have a lot in our text. And at the surface, it doesn't seem to quite uh, come to the top as cream does on milk. But if we dig it just a little bit and we shake it up a little bit, I believe that we will find something that, that will bless your heart. Last week, we looked at the beautiful narrative of God's power. Remember God's power displayed through the apostles. Remember that? God's power displayed. What was it displayed for? For the purpose, for the purpose of what? Of spreading the gospel. For the purpose of spreading the gospel in order that people might be saved so that those very people would then praise the Lord. So we had the power and we had the purpose and we had the praise. This morning, we will zoom in on this one man. This one man, which was healed. And I pray that as we look at this man, this lame person, this lame man, that we would be able to see ourselves in him, whether in the past or currently. Because all of us, at some point, have been this man. Whether in the past or currently. You say, I've never been in that position where I've been lame in both of my legs, begging on a mat, full of bed sores. I've never been in that position. I'm going to prove to you today that you have been. The same text, the same story, but instead of 5,000, let's look at just this one person. And let's look at him a little bit deeper. And after almost six years of me being here, you should know where I'm going with this text. You should. You should know where I'm going. God's Word is alive and it is active. It is a beautiful thing to be able to look at the Word of God, to look at the text and see its main point, which we looked at last week, but to also come back to that same dining room table to sit down in the same pasture and to eat a different meal. And we're going to see that today. The only, the only book that you can do that with is God's Word. Because it's beautiful and it's alive and it's active. You can't do it with any other book but this one. Verse 2 starts with, And a man... 
We don't even get a few words into this lesson. We don't get a few words into the text before we see man jump off the page. It stands out as it always does. Does it not? The reason why the word man stands out is because of all the negative connotations that usually go and are tied to the word man. We can't get around it. It's all the way through the scripture. Now, if you look this word up in the dictionary, you will find the first definition means a male, an actual male, a real man, a real, a real man that is different, distinct from a woman. And you better uh, take those dictionaries and put them up somewhere and, and retain that information because before long, this definition is going to probably be taken out of the dictionaries. And now this is completely off sermon, but let me just go there for just a minute. We need to key, on, key in on this just a little bit more. Because it's happening in our families, it's happening in our homes. And outside of the sermon that I'm about to preach, let me just, let me just say this for just a moment. People are trying to change themselves from being a man to being a woman. Yes or no? This is wicked. This is wrong. It's a sign of the times. It's a sign that shows us that Jesus' return has got to be soon because it's never been as weird as this. This is the weirdest and the grossest thing that people can do. Changing themselves. Children have the options now to opt out of being who they are. Really? To take hormone blockers to be able to change their sex so that they don't have to be a little boy or a little girl? Really? Who would have ever thought that that would happen? And the problems that come with that. You know who's behind it, don't you? It's not the president. It's Satan. He knows that his time is short and he knows that he is, can deceive people and he is deceiving people and getting them to think that they are someone else. Why? Because if he can think that they are someone else, then, then they are not accountable to who they really are. Then that sin doesn't apply to them. Because there's somebody else. There was a mistake made. And when they do receive and understand that they are sinful, then they can deflect it and put it back on their old person. So it's all messed up, all screwed up. This thing is all messed up that we have today. They want to be somebody else other than God's original plan, other than God's original purpose. This rendering them not responsible for their actions. However, we know that it doesn't matter if a person tries to change their gender ex externally. They may very well change it externally, but they are not able to do so internally. Because the makeup of a man and a woman are totally different. 
At the end of the day, they are who God made them to be, either man or woman. In the beginning, he created them male and female, plain and simple. And they will have to answer to their sin. This is sin, changing what God intended to be something different. Now let's get off of that for just a second and get back to this man. The next way we see the word man used in Scripture, not only is it in reference to a man that's an actual man, not a woman, but we also see it used in the context of mankind. We see it used in the context of mankind. Man, woman, male, female, humanity, the human race. We understand that. Everybody follow? Okay. That's good, because we're all part of the same human race, right? There's not a bunch of different races. As some people suggest, there's but one, and it's called the human race. And so we we are all mankind. And to suggest anything else would, would, would take us away from what happened in Eden. Thereby we could say that we, that doesn't belong to us. But we can't do that because we're all from the same human race. Tracing our bloodlines back to Noah and to his family, then going back to Adam and to Eve, all rendering us evil, wicked, depraved, and undone. You can't get around it. That's where we go back to. Human race. We're all of the same human race. Race. In God's word, mankind, humanity is one. In God's word, it is one mess up after another, after another, after another. Is it not? Does God's word take all of those bad things out? No, it shows us. It shows us what happened in the Garden of Eden, didn't it? It showed us what happened with Adam and with Eve in the Garden. It recorded it for us. To see so we could recognize we are no different. That we're no different. These mistakes and these sins that happened in the garden. That are recorded so we can see them, learn from them, and not make the same mistakes over. Oh, if only that was the case. We know that it's not, however. Just as a dog returns to its vomit, we can see all these lessons to be learned and still still do the exact same thing as the patriarchs did in the Old Testament beginning with Adam. Why? Because we inherited it naturally. We are no different. Mankind, humanity is gross. We have a rental trailer. And I never understood how gross human beings were until they moved out and we had to clean up their mess. Human beings are more filthy than animals. Do we realize that? Deborah Bennett can testify to that because she's got them too. Filthy. Filthy, filthy, filthy. Mankind is filthy. Full of sin, full of filth. They're gross just like this man that sat at the gate. 
We are all inherently wicked, guilty, gross, sick, lame, and truly, this is our nature. And not one of you, including myself, can get away from this. Not one of us. We all have to, at some point in our life, own this. Remember, remember this, that they chose Barabbas over Jesus. Why? Because they were gross. They were gross. They were wicked and they were filthy. They murdered the king of glory because they were filthy. They were gross. It's our natural way. It's by nature. It's by choice. It's by practice. Even by desire. Did you know it's even by desire that people are gross? It's by desire that people are the way that they are. Mankind walks in the way of their true father, Adam. We were created in the image of God. Supposed to be representatives of God here. But man fell. So we walk now and after our father, Adam, because of sin. And at one point or another, we have all been in this position. Our earthly father, Adam, been passed down to us. So with this man in our text, we can see him as a type of all of mankind without God's grace. Let me say it again. With this man in our text, the one that's laying at the gate, we can see him as a type of all of mankind without the grace of God. And I'm going to explain that to you. Sitting in his own filth, unable to get out of it, lame in both of his feet, Lame from the fall, helpless, desperate, choosing bad rather than good. We are no different. At some point or another, whether you want to realize that or not, I realize that as a young man and day by day as I get older, I see how desperately wicked the human heart is. And how perfect God's grace is when it comes in to restore and to renew every day, every morning. But we have here in our text a beautiful picture. I say a beautiful picture, it's kind of an ugly picture. Of what mankind is. Verse 2 says, a man lame from birth. This man was born in this condition. David tells us in Psalms 51 and 5, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. It is evident that this fallen state is absolutely passed down. From birth, this man was afflicted, and he was lame. Yes or no? That's what the text tells us. Now here he is. He's a man, and you can see his affliction. You can see his lameness. He is desperate. He is begging. He is needing help, and he needs it daily. He begged for money so he wouldn't starve. Why? Why? Because his stomach constantly needed more, more, more. Day after day, he had to come back and beg because the stomach is never satisfied. Ever. 
And so it is with those without the Lord and his grace. Those without the Lord and his grace, they are never satisfied, are they? And a lot of times it's so obvious to see. You can see their depravity because it's plain and simple. It's, it's out there for the world. I mean, they don't even try to cover it up. There ain't even a shame in it anymore. You can see their depravity. You can see their needing salvation from their fallen condition. You can see it as clearly as they saw the man sitting at the gate. You could see his lameness. You could see it was obvious that he needed help. And this is what we have today. We have a need today. And that need is for people to share the gospel with those they come in contact with. Because there are people all over this world that are lame. And they're lame from birth. They're lame in both their feet from birth. From lame in their legs. They don't know the Lord Jesus. They, they have fallen because of depravity. Because of sin in the garden. And they are lame needing a Savior. It is obvious. And they try every day to try to fill up that void, that empty void inside of them with things that will never fill it up. Just as this man did. He had to come back day after day after day after day after day because nothing he ate ever satisfied him. The stomach was always wanting more just as the heart does. The wicked heart of mankind is never satisfied outside of the grace of God. You can give it all the money in the world and it'll never be satisfied. And you see this in people who strive after money, who strive after dope, who strive after meditations, who strive after having children to try to fill this void. They strive after all sorts of different things. Toys and cars. Boats. Working out. They think that if they can improve themselves, that they will fill that void. You can do all the self-help books and all the improvement books that you want to do, but it will not fill the void that is in us inherently from Adam. Only Jesus can do that. Working out has gone to an extreme Nowadays, women have, have, have begun working out to, to such an extent that it's, it's, some of it's unnatural looking. It's not, even, it's not even natural looking anymore. And we know that bodily exercise is good, but we take it a little far at times. Then you have sex. <laughs> And it's, it, it, I mean, it's been so messed up. I, I don't even know where, where to start on, on that. But people try to fill up their life with that, thinking that that might fill that void, and it just doesn't. Boyfriends and girlfriends, gambling, all these different things, people searching and going and begging for that heart void to be filled up just like this man at the gate that had to keep going back over and over and over and he was never satisfied never the flesh is never satisfied 
Verse 2 tells us this, And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, that is called Beautiful Gates. Here's where the good part comes in at, and I want us to see that there are people out there that care for other people. There are people that carried this man every day to the beautiful gate. They carried him every single day. Why? Because they knew he had to eat. They knew that they could not fix him. They knew that they could not heal his legs. That he, had, that he had this infirmity and this affliction from the time that he was an infant. They knew that they couldn't do anything to help him. But they took him day after day after day after day. They carried his burden for him and they took him to the temple. They took him there. And they took him to the gate called what? Beautiful. I think it was because they knew that that would be the most trafficked area, that people would be coming through there the most. But I think that if we look a little bit deeper, I think we'll see something else. And it wasn't until I prayed over this passage and and sought the Lord's face that I began to see that there is but one thing that's beautiful. (laughs) It's Jesus Christ. For the soul, that is. Not outwardly, he wasn't, but for the soul and those that look to him by faith, he's beautiful. There's but one gate in Scripture that is beautiful. One door that is mentioned in Scripture that is beautiful. One way that is mentioned in Scripture that is beautiful. One path that's beautiful. All the way to the Father is through the Son. The door, the gate. And that's beautiful. For the desperate soul, for the one that is constantly trying to fill their life with, with things, it's not possible. It's not possible to fill that void. The only one that can fill that void is Jesus Christ and faith in Him and what He has done for us. That is it. Just like those that brought this man to the beautiful gate every day, we should be be doing the same thing. We should be sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, the beautiful one, to those lost, lost loved ones that we have. I shared the gospel with a man just the other day. Two days ago. We should be doing this. We should be sharing the gospel with others that are around us, with the lost loved ones, to those that are around us. Understanding, just like those men that brought that man to the gate, understanding that we cannot heal them. But we can bring them to the place and point them in the direction of the one that can. The whole time we have this present, the whole time we have this, this, this beautiful message, this gospel message inside, and the whole time we keep it quiet. These men brought this man to the gate every day. They knew where he could get love. They knew where he could get something to satisfy him. They knew that it was at the temple where he could find some food daily. 
our responsibility as Christians. Understanding that we can't save anyone, but we can point them in the right direction. So here we see a need for sharing the gospel. And then finally, listen to what it says. Notice that the messengers from the Lord were sent for this man to receive healing. And he did receive healing, did he not? Just as the two spies were sent to Rahab Rahab the harlot. Rahab the harlot then testified of the Lord. Here two men were sent. And these two men, they come and they point this man in the right direction. That he could receive healing. And it's no different today. The saving gospel of Jesus Christ has went out into the world. And as Peter and John said, it wasn't by their power. Look down a couple of verses, you'll see. They say it wasn't by our power that this took place, but the power of God working through us. Today, those that are saved are not saved by the messengers that preach the word. They're not saved by that messenger that preaches the word but rather by the power of God and His grace that is poured out on the afflicted, the one that has been lame from his or her birth. So in our text, as we see this man, as he is a representative of humanity, from birth fallen and depraved, we see the gospel being brought to a lost and a dying world. And our responsibility is to daily bring those people to the beautiful gate. What does that mean? Our responsibility is to daily preach the gospel, point them in the direction of the Lord Jesus Christ, and to not stop, not to do it once, but to do it daily, continue to tell people about their hope and where they can find that hope in Jesus Christ. We have to understand that the world will continue to leave us wanting more and more and more. There is but one that can fill that void, and his name is Christ. And here in this text, we see that. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, that is called the beautiful gate. To ask alms of those entering the temple. I pray today that we were able to see that this man is a type of all humanity. Fallen from birth. Fallen and depraved. Naturally lame. Naturally gross and filthy. In need of healing. That healing can only come from the beautiful gate. That healing can only come from the beautiful door. Jesus Christ. And it's by faith in that beautiful door, Jesus Christ, that we receive that salvation. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you today for...